This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Every Friday at this time, we have the DPS 61 Education Spotlight, and it's really uh, one of the things I loved about being on the Public Schools Foundation Board is that every month we would have our board meeting at a different school. And you really don't think about it. It's like if your kids don't go to that school or you don't have any connection, when was the last time you were in a lot of these buildings? And so we'd get to go all over the place and the principal or would show up and bring a success story, uh, students and teachers. And it was really enlightening to be able to see and learn about all the great stories that are happening because we know we get all the bad. I mean, and everybody you know loves to jump all over that. And so every Friday we try to do just that, give you a little taste, a little flavor of what's happening across the campuses of District 61. And it's our great pleasure to welcome to the program uh, a couple of folks uh, from, is it still Dennis Lab School overall? Is that, I mean, kind of the, the, the umbrella name? That is correct. All right. Dennis Lab School. Uh, Cammie Metter is the principal of, yes. of uh, so are you the principal of the overall? I am principal over both campuses, Mosaic and Kaleidoscope. Okay. Walk me back through, because there was a, the community was involved in renaming the kids and families, mm-hmm. correct? Yes. How many years ago was that? Uh, gosh, I, was I have this COVID, I believe COVID was, thing, so I, I don't was, know. If... I know. I'm the same way. I think it was, um, <laughs> gosh, was it three years ago prior to COVID, I do believe. All right. And so people were involved in choosing the new names. Yes. All right. So what we have now is the Kaleidoscope Campus is what was formerly known as French. Correct. All right. And the Mosaic Campus is the original Dennis location. The original building. All yes. Right. How many kids and staff ballpark do you have across the I rounded the up. I usually say 600, but it's probably more with the fluctuation. I know we just got about 14 new students, so we're about 570 between both campuses. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about the, the fluctuation, because I, I think that's something that people don't realize. I mean, how... You, you guys have to be so flexible because you will lose kids and gain kids at any given moment. Yeah, transition and mobility has already always kind of been an issue and a concern. Um, we struggle with, just like recently, we just had like a, a four or five new kindergartners that joined. And so just getting them into the routine and into the classrooms and getting that to flow, um, it's a transition. It's a transition for students, families, but we do the best we can. Yeah, but I just think it's, it's important for people to understand the challenges that your teachers have in a classroom. You know, meaning you've, you're in the school year, you're getting the, the kids that are there already comfortable. Four or five new kids come in, not only are they uncomfortable, the entire group is now uncomfortable. But that's a constant. It's a constant and it's a transition and it's a struggle for students to now I'm in a new setting. I have a new teacher. Um, I'm in a completely new building with maybe a cl- completely different dynamic of students or number of students. And those are challenges. All right. But you guys are ready to take it on every day. We take it on every single day. All right. So Dennis has this incredible reputation over the last number of years, you know, of great parental involvement and, you know, connections with Millican and all the things that are there, you know, and I know sometimes people would maybe even hold that against you. It's like, oh, they're getting too (laughs) much publicity. No, we ought to be replicating what they're doing over there across the district. How, how does this feel now with sort of a new identity and two campuses? What's the biggest difference between back in the day, just being Dennis? I'm excited because my student or my kids went to Dennis. So I have that experience. And now coming on as this is my first year principal over the two campuses, and um, I'm thrilly or thoroughly excited to have our, after COVID, our reconnections with Millican University and just regrowing, reestablishing, building those, strengthening those um, with Tabernacle Baptist Church um, outreach with um, Dr. Sherrod and her program, just getting people back in to the schools. Um, we had our first Christmas concert this year where we, we were packed 
And it's exciting. It's just getting people back in the building, the public and community working together for our students. It's fabulous. All right. How do you, the optimism, uh, you know, because it's it's a challenging job. Public education, I mean, oh. it could be Decatur, it could be Champaign or Springfield, it could be anywhere, right? It's I, I mean, mm-hmm. but, but how do you keep optimistic? It's simple. We show up every single day for the kids. Yeah. The kids need us. They need adults. They need strong adults. They need community. They need to be surrounded by love, compassion, and direction and guidance. And we're the adults. That's right, our do, job. Do you look at the news this week of what happened with these Acorn, uh, you know, employees? I mean, you know, I don't think people think about this trickling down into the classroom, but certainly, you know, with 450 people losing their jobs, some of them are going to have kids in your classrooms. Most definitely. the um, we, we have a cell phone policy that students are allowed to have their cell phone at school, but not to use them during instructional minutes or during, like, lunchtime. But... Um, That's how I found out about it. I was busy in the classrooms, kind of walking around the halls, and a student said, hey, my mom just lost her job or just found out, and can we talk for a few minutes? Most definitely. It does. It affects every single change that happens in our community. It affects families that trickles down, like you said, and affects us. And then we have to find the the strength and the courage and the guidance um, to support, Um, and that's where we just, we need more hands-on staff. I know, right? Uh, and, and we should mention that I'm sure there are career opportunities with DPS 61. Uh, I don't know that that's on our resource page yet, but we will reach out and see because, you know, you don't have to just be a teacher. I mean, there's a lot of other uh, staff that works for District 61. Reach out to principals, reach out to the district. Um, we will help you find a job or help you get started with something that you're interested in. Okay. Uh, Hilda, you're not going to be able to sit there and not say anything, (laughs) even though you want to. Uh, Hilda Rice is the assistant principal on the Mosaic campus. Once again, the original dentist school, Uh, you know, I remember I, I went to dentist school and I remember thinking that it was a big building. <laughs> and now you go there and you go, oh, my God, this isn't big at all. No, uh, no. Uh, the Monarch's still there, though, and some of the uh, the highlights uh, over the last number of years. And, and, and either one of you jump in here. Uh, an IAR, Illinois Assessment of Readiness. What is this exactly? Well, that is the state testing. Can you pull that microphone up a little bit closer? Thank you. There we go. That is the state testing that all schools um, participate in in Illinois that usually happens in the springtime. So Illinois uh, Assessment of Readiness, and it's for grades three through eight at our our schools. And what is it that they are? This is for English, language, arts, and math? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is a state-required test. So everybody in the state of Illinois is taking the same test. Uh, I am sure that these rules drive you crazy as administrators. Uh, you know, I remember having this conversation with Rob Prangy over at Johns Hill. Like, it's the English is a second language school, but they have to take the test in English. <laughs> and then people go, well, I don't understand where the disconnect is. Well, th- there you have it. But how? why is it important? How is it important? And how do you prepare for it? Well, teachers prepare for it all year long. Okay. And um, it's showing where students are skill wise and what um, standards they're able to accomplish. And that's, you know, uh, it's compared across the state um, through students and all over public schools and um, shows what level of skill they're able to accomplish throughout the year. And teachers are getting them ready from day one. All right. This argument goes forever teaching to the task versus, and, and the crazy thing is in the political world, and trust me, I'm not going to ask you guys to get into politics, but I, I mean, the way they keep score in Illinois is different than the way they keep score in Florida, but people want to look at numbers as being the same across the board. It changes. There's new standards that has to be 
just frustrating for educators that do this because they have the passion to teach kids. It's extremely frustrating. During the day, we only have so many instructional minutes. During that instructional minute time, we have to focus on all of these skills. And everyone knows that our students have a learning space. Some call it the learning gap. I call it a space. There's a learning space uh, of skills that they do not have. So it's very frustrating when you're trying to play catch up in the classroom. You're trying to meet the needs of everyone. And then you have the the weight bearing of state testing um, and to show growth and improvement. Yeah. And then from what I understand, instead of being able to spend extra time where you need to make up, you know, you're mandated to spend so much time on this other stuff. Uh, it, it, I, you deal with it. I mean, everybody in Illinois has to. I, I just would express to people whenever one of these stories comes out or we talk about, you know, levels, it, there's a lot more complication to it than just it, it, one number sitting next to another number isn't the whole story. Correct. That doesn't mean we don't need to prove. Correct. Right. And I'm sure you guys are doing that every day. So you guys are having a parent, uh, an IAR parent informational. Uh, is this like a, 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 a virtual meeting? Virtual meeting district wide. It's um, after COVID, just something that we're decided to do at the district level and all throughout the schools to help get our um, parents, families, community. What can we do to prepare our students at home before um, mentally get them prepared for the test that's coming. Okay, so th- there's two of these, one on March 1st at 5 p.m., one on March 9th, March 9th. at 5.30 p.m. Now, here's the, the it's a little complicated, dps61.org slash IAR to register uh, ahead of time, and then it's it's like a Zoom call or a Teams call? Yes. Okay, uh, and then what will parents, what can they expect if they if they participate in this? Um, learning strategies of what they can do at home to best prepare their student before this test, before they come to school, um, work with us of the things and understanding the IAR, um, the timed test, um, what they need to do or what skills they're asked to do during that time, making sure that they're just showing up to school on time or working with us to get them to school on time, coming in late when a test has already started. You have to have that student go somewhere else before the doors open again, before they could get into the next test. So just following routines, following best strategies, best practices to help support us for the test. And those are parents of third through eighth graders, Correct. right? Okay. Uh, and then we, we've had other schools talk about, uh, uh, I believe you call it BIST. Once again, uh, you all love your acronyms, <laughs> a behavioral <laughs> yes, intervention do. support team. Uh, what is this and, and how is it applied? Well, um, we use this as a new intervention in, in helping students with behaviors uh, that we see. And so the mission of BIST is to give students the skills they need for life to succeed. And it's accomplished through through grace and holding them accountable to their choices. And teachers provide an environment where it, it's never okay to be hurtful or disruptive. So we help them learn those missing skills they might have. So our, our three basic skills for life are that I can make good choices even if I'm mad. I can be okay even if others are not okay. And I can do something even if I don't want to or if it's hard. So if a, if a teacher sees that they're struggling in one of those skills, it's our job to help them bridge that gap and to, to understand those life skills because that's going to go on through their whole life, sure. not just in third through or kindergarten through eighth grade. This, this seems much more inclusive in sort of figuring out how to solve long-term problems than when I was a kid. I think they just would paddle you. I, I mean, and then they get people go, oh, the good old days. I'm like, are you kidding are you me? Kidding? <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Uh, so how do you get buy-in from the kids themselves? I mean, and, and I, we've talked a lot from other schools where, you know, kids are kind of setting their own rules, you know, and then having, you know, buy-in, you know, when, when you've got skin in the game, you know, and you've helped 
have that conversation, you have ownership in it. Well, it it comes first from having a united front from all staff and teachers and, you know, secretaries, custodians, everyone that's involved has a piece of that child's education. They learn something from everyone in school. So the bottom line is it's never okay to be hurtful or disruptive, and it's always okay to try your best. We're not asking anyone to be perfect, but we're here to help students when we see that there might be a need for help. And um, the teachers, you know, it's, it's a daily thing, daily just routine that they 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 understand that they're not in trouble if they're getting help. And there's a bunch of strategies and procedures that we go through as a school um, to accomplish these interventions. And it's a learning process and there's growing pains. And this is our first year full implement implementation of this system. So we're still learning as we are going through the year. And um, we have, you know, PDs, professional development for teachers regularly. Um, we have input and um, from them what they want us to focus on to help sure. them help this or the students um, the best they can. We've gone on visitations at, to other schools that have been doing it for a while to see how it's working over there. It's a lot of research. Yeah, so it's a it's a process. All right, well, is the district taking care of their own? I mean, I know we talk about what you guys are doing for the kids, but, you know, teachers and, and principals, they've all gone through this COVID thing too, you know. And I mean, it's done a number on people across the board. Are you getting enough support for, for you guys? We are. Um, downtown Kyle. Uh, downtown PDI, all I have to do is make a text, make a phone call, tell them what I need. Um, somebody shows up, okay. um, ask questions, where can I help, what can I do? Um, we've rallied together as a community and as a district. After COVID, um, we've seen some behaviors in, in students that we haven't seen before. Well, they missed that socialization. They missed that socialization. Yeah. So it's a, it's impacted and affected our students in our community. And the only way that we're going to get better is working together and Having those conversations, having the discussion, and bringing us all together to find out what we're going to do to best support our students. All right. So, would you like just watch your clock so that you're like at one building fifty percent of the time, and the other building fifty percent? I mean, that always probably has to be a struggle from a management level. That is probably one of the most difficult challenges I have faced in my entire oh, life. Oh, you're paying more attention to them. How? Do, I, yes. Yeah. How do I? How do I manage my time effectively and efficiently between two different buildings with? two different needs when you have different grade levels. So at the Mosaic campus with middle school, their needs at middle school students are gonna be different than kindergarten, first grade. Right, so you're So learning. I do my best. I, I started, I've changed my schedule a million times. What I do right now is I just go wherever there is a need. Yeah. I'm a servant leader, where there's a need I go. So there are days I go back and forth two times. Sometimes there's a day I'm housed at a building and I just Zoom or make phone calls. And I make about eight trips back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, well, listen, um, uh, you know, I know the community right now is rallying around these people who just got the the worst deal possible this week. And, and that does roll back into our schools and, 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 you know, churches and everywhere else, because that kind of trauma just is going to trickle down. Uh, you know, all, for every parent that's worried about what they're going to do about health insurance or a paycheck, there's a kid in the classroom that's got that same concern at home. So everyone just needs to have a little grace uh, right now uh, and do whatever they can to help. And I'm glad to know you guys are doing what you can to help at that kid level, because there's a lot of stress there too. People don't, I don't, I think people get old and they have this idyllic kind of memory that life was always such a, you know, nothing but roses and sunshine as a kid. There's a lot of these kids that have a lot of stress in their life.
and this week didn't help. No, it did not. All right. It's a pleasure meeting both of you. Keep up it's the great work. Thanks for having us. Yeah, good Appreciate to see it. You. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.